0: he hadn't had enough money both to pay his bus fare and to buy food on the train so he'd gone without the food now he was hungry and unbearably tired then a terrible thought shook him back to steadiness supposing he had already died and this was some crazy memory flashing through his mind before the actual void he clung to the wall desperately he remembered he'd been in hospital But surely there'd been nothing physically wrong. He'd been there for other reasons. He squeezed his eyes shut, trying to remember. He could not. Then, at last, he heard a sound, an engine. A car was coming down fast from the top of the hill. Dan turned his back on the view and half sat on the wall. He needed to see who was driving the car. It was a woman, white hair flying in the gale coming through her wound-down window. She was going much too fast. Some of the leaves on the road were wet. She flicked him a glance as she sped past, then suddenly jammed on her brakes. Sure enough, the car skidded slightly, but then stopped safely. She shot back in reverse until she was level with him, then pushed her head through the open window. Are you all right? He was so pleased to see her that he smiled much too widely. I am now, he said. She looked slightly startled, and he realised he might have sounded as if he were coming on to her. He added quickly, I haven't seen a soul yet, and I was beginning to think I might have died without noticing it. She flung back her head and laughed. She was younger than the white hair suggested. Her throat was beautiful. She said, I know what you mean, but everyone's in church by now except me, and I'll be late to my own funeral, so I'd better be off. She waved through the window, drove on round the corner, and was gone. Dan, feeling a sense of loss, began to walk uphill again. And the very next corner revealed the church, to which she obviously had not been going. He wondered why she had said she was. He got to the gate and clung to it. Above his head, the church clock began to strike. He counted carefully. Sure enough, it was eight o'clock. He thought suddenly that he would go in and sit at the back and listen to the familiar liturgy and rest for a while. He lifted the big latch on the gate and pushed, then saw it was padlocked. There was a notice board fixed to the wall further on and he read it slowly. It said that Holy Apostles was now closed, but that services would be held at the usual times in the parish church on the seafront. As if confirming this statement, distant bells rang out. The clock on the parish church had always been slow and was still. Dan smiled. That was reassuring. Binnie Cash drove more circumspectly to the foot of the hill and turned away from the parish church towards the tiny chapel built on to the end of the manor. It was opened for morning services for the family and staff. She drove very slowly indeed along the tree-lined drive because the aptly named Mr Parks... "'who looked after the grounds, "'was quite capable of refusing her admittance to the service "'if she ploughed up his gravel. "'She parked outside the old kitchen, next to Miles Jag, "'then left Dignity behind her "'and ran hell for leather across the lawns to the chapel, "'trying to repin her hair up as she went. they left the door open for her in spite of the wind, "'and Lady Barbara's sonorous voice "'could be heard quite plainly reading the first lesson. "'Binny thought, "'My God!' I really have done it this time and she cursed the poor old devil of a tramp who would have fallen down if he hadn't propped himself against the wall around holy apostles she'd thought she was being some blasted good samaritan going back like that and then he turned out not to be a tramp at all but one of these crazy coastal path walkers or something similar she slid inside the manor chapel and closed the door there were seats for 30 but just six people were there "'No escaping notice, except from Sir Henry, who was taking the service and appeared to be asleep in the pulpit. "'Lady Thoroughgood, Lady Barbara to the staff, stepped down from the lectern and gave Binny a frosty look. "'Miles turned and winked broadly. "'He must have been doing an early shift for Thoroughgood cleaners, and arrived home just in time to be nobbled by his parents. "'Sir Henry announced the gospel, so he couldn't have been asleep.' His voice was so soporific that Binny felt herself slipping away. She stood up with some difficulty.